welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to those regular parishioners, your familiar faces. Welcome to those of you who now live out of town but are back. Welcome to those of you who are traveling and just with us for this first time. And especially warm welcome to those of you who are here as a favor to your family members. No, seriously, we mean that. And that manger scene is sort of a reminder of the various people who are called together by the birth of Christ. We have the local shepherds, we have the Persian astrologers, and lots of people in between. And you are all part of this community, this church, this body of Christ. Of course, tonight in a special way, we welcome someone else. We welcome Christ our Lord. God, the God who walked with us in the cool of the evening in the Garden of Eden. The God who was born 2,000 years ago. The God who is very present in this community. The God who will never leave us alone. Whether you're a regular Mass goer, or if you were only able to go to Mass a few times in the past year, you've probably noticed that we've changed a lot of words that we say at Mass in the last 13 months. This is because people throughout the English-speaking world are now using a translation of the Mass that is closer to the Latin used in Rome. One of the new lines makes me very nervous up here. It's something we say right before the distribution of communion. You see, I'm a new priest, and when I'm holding the consecrated elements, I can't see the book below me with the words in it. <laughs> but they've put them on the screen behind me, so you can all see them. <laughs> the new translation more clearly evokes the words of the Roman centurion who asks Jesus to heal his servant. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and I shall be healed. A year into this new translation, the whole under my roof line is rolling off my tongue a little more easily, even though I messed it up pretty badly at one of the masses the weekend of Christ the King. But the under my roof concept is still a new way to think about the Eucharist. The old translation, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, seems to make more literal sense than, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. But the roof metaphor speaks to us in a new way about the great mystery of Christmas. God may be all-powerful and all-knowing, but God is not remote. God is present among us. God became a human being and lived with us, walked among us, the human and the divine are not separated from one another. So many of us in the United States, however, seem to miss the point of this during the Christmas season. We think that we're supposed to stop being human for several weeks and be perfect instead. We're supposed to go to a string of perfect parties with perfect decorations, with perfectly prepared foods, have perfect conversations, and perhaps even sing a few Christmas carols together perfectly. If you've ever watched Martha Stewart on TV, you know that it can be difficult and time-consuming just to make the perfect hors d'oeuvres and a perfect centerpiece. How can we humans keep up the illusion of perfection for several weeks at a time? 
You know, the original Christmas scene sure doesn't look perfect. At its center, we have an unexpected pregnancy. Neither Mary nor Joseph apparently had many financial or family resources since they couldn't find a room in the inn. The world did not find Jesus, the Christ, God's very Son, worthy to be born under a roof. The first people to receive the news of his birth were shepherds, the lowest of the low in the Judean pecking order. And while Martha Stewart probably has suggestions on how to throw a festive picnic in a barn, I doubt she ever imagined using such a venue for entertaining Persian astrologers bearing frankincense, myrrh, and gold. But we're pretty sure that Mary and Joseph accepted these first visitors, both local shepherds and foreign astrologers, with humble grace. They accepted that they and their son were worthy of such visitors and such gifts. And while the world had decided that Jesus was not worthy to be born under a roof, these visitors saw Jesus' worthiness amid the squalor. Lord, we are not worthy to come under your roof. But Christmas tells us that we can be made worthy. The central mystery of Christmas is one of those words that ends in T-I-O-N that they tell us seminarians to avoid like the plague in our homilies. Incarnation. Incarnation. We celebrate tonight that we human beings can touch the divine in the most ordinary circumstances of the real world. God has lived among us. God himself was born in a stable. God was born to parents who probably never shook the rumors of the scandal of the pregnancy. God grew up surrounded by death threats from King Herod, something that strikes home very powerfully this month with the shootings. Christmas tells us that humans can be holy. The mystery of the Incarnation makes it clear once and for all that God understands that the world is not perfect and we are not perfect. But wait a minute. Isn't this the same Jesus who told us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect? Well, yes. But many scripture scholars believe that Jesus is talking about being perfect in only one way. Being perfect in love. So if Martha Stewart is not the proper role model for incarnational spirituality, is there another voice to whom we can listen? I think there is. I suggest Judith Martin, better known as Miss Manners. And if you've ever read her column, you know that a lot of what she does is advise us how to act in awkward, less-than-ideal situations and still bring peace on earth. Judith Martin realizes that many people are nervous to invite her over for dinner. She finds this ridiculous. If her host would do anything incorrectly, she'd be the last person to point out their errors. That would be rude. So in this time when we gather with friends and family, can we resolve to be more like Judith Martin and less like Martha Stewart? Let's not expect perfection of anything or anyone. 
Instead, let's look beyond the discarded wrapping paper and the television blaring football games and simply drink in the mystery of the incarnation in everyone around us. Let's recognize how God is present even in imperfect people and imperfect situations. Friends, we are not worthy to have the Lord come under our roofs. But the Lord comes under our roofs anyway. And if none of us are worthy, then all of us can be made worthy. So in the upcoming hours and days, if someone at one of our celebrations says something or does something that gets under our skin, can we try to continue to drink in the mystery of the Incarnation? Can we respond to imperfection with the love of our Heavenly Father? That would be perfect.